Cancer was one of the greatest gifts I was given because really like when I can look at where it showed up and all the pieces, you know, the elements of it, it's all these messages that we get through our body, the anxiety, the depression, cancer, whatever it may be. It's just messages. It's just telling us what's out of alignment. And that's why I'm so grateful. It was just pointing me to where I needed to heal. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Patrick Cook. Welcome to Being. Being is a place where we gather to explore some of life's most difficult questions. What does it mean to lead a meaningful life? What does it mean to live a life of purpose or on purpose? How do we make sense of the world? Really what we're asking is, what the hell is going on? My intention with this podcast is to explore what it means to be human in the modern world through the lens of creativity, consciousness, and personal development. Through authentic conversations with a wide array of guests, including artists, intellectuals, scientists, visionaries, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders, Being ventures to make collective sense of an increasingly complex world with the unifying goal of building a sustainable future for all. As humanity continues to march full steam towards extinction, we can no longer afford to simply ask, what is best for me? The question now must become, what is best for me and the whole simultaneously. And so, dear audience, I want to inspire you to take full responsibility, to find your purpose, and to engage your evolution as a conscious agent. I challenge you to live your being. If you're enjoying the content, please do subscribe to the show and get a new episode delivered directly to your device every Friday. And as always, I love hearing from you. So please do rate and review the episode on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whichever platform you prefer. For show notes and more information, head on over to being-podcast.com. Now, on with the show. Johanna Conant is a tantric embodiment coach, speaker, and author. She serves as a tantric practitioner, Bowspring Yoga Instructor, Reiki 2 Practitioner, and an Ayurvedic Practitioner. She also has 20 years of experience in the mental health field with a master's degree in clinical counseling. As she consistently expands her circle of influence and joyously shares her gifts with the world, she is now drawn to share the incredible healing power of sacred medicines with her clients. Joe Hannah Conant, welcome to Being. How are you? Hi, Patrick. I'm wonderful. Thank you. Awesome. I'm so excited you're here. Um, we actually met about a year and a half ago in Boulder, Colorado, when I was passing through. And so I had a chance to uh, hug you and feel your energy and spend a few minutes together. And then since then, we've sort of been orbiting each other in the online sphere and just admiring you and your work and your your transformation, your journey from afar. And it was about a couple of weeks ago now that I saw a Facebook post that you put up and it was recalling an incident you had about nine years ago when you had a DUI. And I was like, oh my, it was such a powerful post and it resonated so deeply for me. I was immediately like, we have to have Johanna on the show. So here we are. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Awesome. So maybe that's um, a good place to start. Where where were you nine years ago? What happened? 
Yeah. So nine years ago, there was a little, well, yeah, let's see. I was going to build up to that, but really, um, I was, you know, in this, in my like dream career serving as a drug and alcohol therapist. And, um, I got a DUI. Wow. And so I got pulled over. I was in the back of the cop car and I knew at that moment, actually you could hear me on the recording in the back of the car saying, I'm going to lose my career because of this. Wow. And lo and behold, I was forced to resign. And what it did was it sent me into this, this tailspin and, um, really it dropped me back into this place where I had been 10 years previous. And I realized that I had really built my identity, my self-worth, my value in the world on my work. Mm. Because 10 years previous to that, I had been in the bar scene. I was um, a dancer at a strip club, um, just kind of living this wild life, partying a lot. And I got, I finished my, I finished college and um, went on to be a therapist. And, you know, I was, I'd gotten out of abusive relationships and just some really dark places, but all my self-esteem, all my worth was built on what I was doing, what I was Mm. producing, my accomplishments, the degrees, all these things. And when that got stripped away from me, I landed right back in that same place I had been 10 years before, back in the club, I was bartending And I told myself that no one's going to hire a therapist with a pending DUI. So I just went to this whole other extreme and um, was in this really dark place for about two and a half years. And I started, um, you know, using drugs that I had never used before and started partying even harder. And it was really like uh, probably about six, seven days a week I was going at it pretty hard. Wow. And um, I had a lot of signs come up during that time. A lot of people show up, I'm show up in my life and I just wasn't ready to hear it. And, you know, I continued on that path for, like I said, two and a half years. And then, um, in ignoring the signs, there was, my body started to speak to me and mm. I had a little mark on my arm that I knew something was wrong. Just intuitively, I'm like, something isn't right here. And, um, mm. but I didn't have time to do anything about it because I was too busy partying and drinking Mm-hmm. And so I just slapped a bandaid over it for several, several months. And, um, in that time it had metastasized ended up being, um, stage three cancer. Wow. And so really you would think that that would be what would, what would slow me down, would stop me from the drinking and the partying, but it didn't. Um, I think a week before my surgery, I was at a festival in Chicago, like getting down. Um, so I even went into surgery, like in a not well state, you know, and just really in denial of how serious it was. And I found out that I had to do a year of treatment and that was devastating. So what that turned into was, um, I was literally doing like the first month of treatment. I was literally doing lines of cocaine and drinking. And after that first month of treatment, I had to give myself shots every month for part of treatment for a year. And I had a girlfriend that would come over and I was petrified of needles Like that is like in college, I went to, you know, when you're that broke college student and you're trying to find any way to make money back in undergrad, I went to go get plasma and they just pricked my finger and I was like, well, and just passed out like needles (laughs) were not my thing. So part of this path, this path that year was I had to give myself shots three times a week. So what I was doing was filling up my, my shot glass with tequila and taking shots to be able to get the courage to give myself my shots. Wow. And, you know, that went on for a couple months and I had this, this big, huge crew of friends, you know, this like, you know, 50 friends I could reach out to anytime we could just meet up and hang out. And, and, you know, in that time, 
I, everything in my life slowed down and stopped and, mm -hmm. you know, came in and everyone's lives continued on the way they were, but I felt really supremely abandoned mm -hmm. and just really alone through this process. So eventually I couldn't continue to keep up with the cocaine and the, the, the chemo at the same time. <laughs> and so that stopped and the party friends disappeared. And, um, but I still continued to drink that whole year of treatment and I hit it. And I hid from, I hid from the world. I hid from everyone. I was just like so deep in pain physically. And there was so much shame around my drinking. Mm -hmm. And, um, so at that point I was drinking like a bottle of wine, bottle of sake every night and telling myself that it was like helping soothing some of the, the side effects of the treatment. Cause I had a mm -hmm. lot of physical pain, um, and like a ton of anxiety, insomnia, uh, panic attacks, all from this treatment. It was just exacerbated with the drinking. And so um, I finished this year of treatment. And it was like, you would think you'd be like, ah, you know, I got done with this thing, like on with my life. But I was just in such a dark place. And I didn't really know how to reenter life after going through that, that, that previous year. So I continued to drink more and it really escalated. Um, for probably the next year and a half after treatment, I was, it was to the point where I was drinking a bottle of tequila by myself at night. Wow. And at that time I had gotten back into the field of being a therapist again. And I was not a drug and alcohol therapist, but I was working with kids and families doing community-based work. And I was honestly like barely holding it together. Um, wow. and I still had a lot of the lingering effects from the treatment from that previous year before. Um, like I couldn't write my notes. I would just sit in the office and cry. I couldn't put thoughts together. Um, I was, I was, a, my boss at that time described me at like my energy as frenetic. It was just like, ah, oh, just, right. and, um, you know, that went on for probably like about a year and a half. And I was at the place and I'm actually, I'm just coming up on my four year anniversary of when everything just started to shift for me. And wow. I, um, posted something on Facebook and an old friend of mine who I used to party with and we used to, you know, be out for days had moved out here to Colorado and I had been watching her on Facebook and she had gone through this like radical transformation and she just showed up and was like radiant and had this joy. And part of me was like, I want some of that. Yeah. But then part of me was like, is that real? Like that's fake. No one's really yeah. that happy. That's not really a thing. <laughs> and she and I hadn't been in communication and we started, you know, chatting on messenger and we got on the phone and I ended up hiring, hiring her as my life coach. And I come from like the therapy background. I knew nothing about coaching about this world. I'm like, who needs a coach to do life? I'm like, that's weird. <laughs> and I had like no money. I mean, I had money to buy a bottle of tequila every night, but I had no money. So in right. my head, I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to afford this. I don't even know what this is, but in my spirit, like I knew I needed it. And I was like, I'm doing this, I'm stepping in. And within a couple of weeks, like everything in my life just radically shifted. You know, I put down the bottle. Um, I really was just starting to love myself for the first time because she was just offering mm. me perspectives that I had never heard and they felt really good. And um, so mm. I think it was about a month or two into this whole process that I just had this knowing that I didn't need to take these medications anymore. Mm. Um, I, I was a therapist on antidepressants for 15 years <laughs> and, you know, had all the tools, you know, all these things and something in me, it was just spirit moving. I mean, I didn't understand at the time was like, you don't, 
need this. And I was scared to death because I had told myself, I'm going to have this problem the rest of my life. I'm going to be anxious. I'm going to have this depression. And this drinking thing is going to be a thing like the rest of my life. And um, I'd spent three months just slowly weaning myself off all my medications. And I remember there was the, my next appointment with my oncologist and I came in there and he had his note, his uh, prescription pad out and he's like, so what refills do you need? I'm like, I don't need anything. And he was like, kind of perturbed by it. And I was like, he's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm loving myself. I'm eating well, I'm moving my body. You know, I just like, it's just everything. And he didn't understand. Needless to say, at that point, I just started canceling all my doctor's appointments, fired all my doctors. Yeah, fire your doctors. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just wild because, you know, as I started to do this work to love myself and really look at myself and connect with my body, my body started to heal as my heart healed. And it just turned into this beautiful process that eventually pulled me out here, you know, year, a couple years later to live. And then, you know, I came out here last summer in my life is just like, my word last year was expansion. And I had no idea what was in store, but it's just like blown my mind. So. Wow. Oh my God, Johanna, this is just so amazing. First of all, I just want to honor you and say thank you for sharing so vulnerably and so openly and so transparently, like this is exactly what we need in the world right now. People like you who have gone through such a dark night and come out the other side and still doing the work, but overcoming the shame and the guilt surrounding it and openly sharing your story. Like I'm getting chills because it is so powerful. There's so many people that are probably in a similar situation that I'm hoping will hear this and hear your story and just derive some of the courage that you've found to make changes in their own life. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being on the show and sharing so openly. Thank you for the opportunity. Oh my God. This is awesome. Beautiful. So I just want to just back up a little bit. And so at the beginning, when you were partying and you you knew you wanted to do something else, you wanted to move into therapy, you wanted to move into drug and alcohol therapy, what was your mindset at that point when you first got into therapy? Um, prior to that, I had been a, I was a social worker. I had been in uh, chi- the child welfare system for years. And, and actually, that was a piece too, because like I shared with you 10 years before, I was, you know, dancing at the club doing these things, but what (laughs) there's a little lead up to all of this too. another little story. Um, I was in my senior year of, um, undergrad and I was going to this little Christian college, a lot of rules. Um, like you weren't allowed Mm. to drink, there was no sex, you know, it was very, um, prohibitive. (laughs) And so I was coming back to like my hometown on the weekends and living the normal, normal college student life. Uh Uh And I had shared a very intimate photo of myself with someone that I was seeing at the time who happened to be in jail. (laughs) So didn't know. I I was very innocent. I was pretty naive at this time. And I had watched movies and I didn't know you couldn't send these kinds of things to county jail. So this picture got kicked back to my return address, which was my Christian school address. The picture fell out in the mailroom and I got kicked out six weeks before I was supposed to graduate. Oh, So yeah, that turned into like a deep downward spiral. And that's how I ended up at the club the first time. Mm -hmm. But what I did during that time was I continued to work on my degree. And ironically enough, I was, um, I went to, I transferred to another college and they weren't really acknowledging the the Christian college credits at that school. And it was going to take me another couple of years to graduate. So after a year of expulsion, I appealed to this school and they let me come back. 
it was the quickest way to graduate. So for for several months, I was commuting to this this Christian college during the day, and at night I was stripping. Mm, and needless wow. to say, I got my degree, and I, my dream job out of you know straight out of undergrad was like working for, for children's services. I wanted to save right. these kids. It was just like my heart. So like I I applied to this job and over and over again, and finally like six months later, I got accepted. And so that was like me pulling out of that lifestyle, that, that part of myself, you know, this dark place was, I got this, this job, this career. So I spent these several years doing the the casework. And then I went on to do kinship support and I was helping families, um, be able to take in kids that otherwise would go into foster care. And I loved it, but I realized what I was doing. I was just like linking people with services And, you know, kind of pulling them through the system. And I wanted to be the one I wanted to be providing like direct service to people, Mm -hmm. um, really be like involved in this change process. So that's what prompted me to go back to go back for grad school for uh, clinical counseling a few years later, you know, and I had this and I graduated with honors. I was, you know, so proud of myself. And that there were so many things along the way that weren't really addressed, you know, Mm -hmm. checking off these boxes, doing these things, but there was so much pain and trauma sitting up underneath there that was never addressed. Mm-hmm. And in retrospect, I can look back and see that I so badly wanted to help others heal their pain, but I hadn't been able to look at my own and address mm-hmm. my own. And I end up doing uh, trauma work with clients. Yet I hadn't even touched on mine. I'm like, I'm good. Wow. Like I'm great. Yeah. Cause it wasn't manifesting in these like, you know, like self-destructive ways. I didn't think yeah. so that was, kind of what led me to that point. So, wow. What what an incredible story. And I, how many other doctors or therapists out there you know, are in the same boat who haven't addressed their own pain and trauma yeah. but are treating other people and just prescribing medication and yeah. telling them the story, this is just who you are. You're going to have to be on these meds for the rest of the, your life like they told you. That is just a tragedy. It's an absolute tragedy. It really And but at the same time like you were your intentions were were yeah. whole. And good, Absolutely. you wanted to help other people, and so there's this this fundamental disconnection between, you know, the impulse to want to help other people, but not recognizing you need to love and help yourself first, in order to have the foundation in order to help other people. It's like, and that was, I think, what was missing for you. It's like the healer heal heal thyself. Yes. you know, and it's in so much of what we do in this in our society is so outwardly focused, like yeah, on exactly. giving, you know, all this, and it's like. We have to turn this back into ourselves first. Mm, we totally. have to look at ourselves because there's so many blind spots. And I can say, honestly, looking back, I really didn't serve my clients in, in the best way, you know, in the highest way that I could have because I had all my own stuff in the way. Yeah. And, you know, that was impacting how I was able to show up for them. So, um, yeah, it's like it starts here. We have to look because we can only take people as far as we're willing to go ourselves. Totally. Totally. So you're working as a drug and alcohol therapist, and then you end up getting a DUI. How did you, how did you reach that point? Which part? Like the DUI? Well, well yeah. So I'm, I'm just trying to like, in case there's other people that might be in a similar situation, you know, they want to do good. They're outwardly looks like they're doing good social work or therapy or whatever it is. And then, but on the inside, there's turmoil or disconnection and it drives you to drink something to uh, numb that pain. And then you end up getting a DUI because it's so it's, you're so disconnected from it and you're not addressing it. Like, 
can you describe your level of awareness during that? And how did you end up at that DUI? Like I can say I had zero awareness or, zero I, or awareness. even if there was awareness, I don't think I, I just wasn't willing to admit it to myself. It was yeah. too painful. It was a long, long on the list of all the painful things. Yeah. I really just wasn't able and ready to look at. And it was, you know, and I, I had continued to drink during that time, but it wasn't so problematic, I guess, but yeah. I was using it to numb, you know, it was like socialization um, and then right before that DUI, I got connected with this new group of friends. They were fun. You know, we're going out and like everything that we were doing was revolving around drinking. Mm. And, um, I was out on a Tuesday night for a friend's husband's birthday party. Cause you know, any reason to drink any night of the week. hundred percent. So Tuesday night and I go out and I had two drinks over the course of the night. So I, I knew I wasn't drunk. And I was driving home and there was an like an off-duty cop from a whole other county. It was a state trooper from another county pulled me mm-hmm. over for like going over the line when I was turning. And it wasn't like I wasn't swerving. I wasn't like, you know, obviously drunk or anything. And, um, and I knew not to blow. My job had always told me, don't blow if you get pulled over. So I refused and I knew that's when I, you know, I was, I got put in the back of the car and I was so mad at that cop for so many years. So I'm like, I wasn't even really drunk, you know, whatever, but it, it, it was there for me. And, you know, I'd gotten pulled over, uh, 11 months before that and I was drunk and I, uh, hit a car, hit a car, had a car accident when I was drunk. Cops came and let me call someone to come pick me up. Didn't even take me to jail. Didn't arrest me. I was very clearly drunk. This person, it was someone I was dating at the time, came and picked me up, drove me around. He drove my wrecked car around to like leave it in a parking lot. We go to get in his car to leave and I'm so drunk. I hop out of his car, jump back into my wrecked car and take off. And he's like following me, flashing me with his lights. The same cops pull me over, curse me out, handcuff me, put me in the back. And let me go again. What? They impounded my car and let him drive me home. So, you know, like that was not even a year before. There was opportunities. There was so many signs. And I'm just like, nope. Mm. I just kept going, just kind of forcing my way through my own agenda. And it was just really in my own pain. So there was wow. um, an abundance of um, signs and warnings at the university. Yeah. And, and that's that's how it works. Like the universe will continue to give you signs until you learn the lesson and they will get progressively more intense. And, uh, you know, part of the reason I started this podcast, because I recognize and resonate so much with what you're saying, I was alcohol, deep in alcohol for many, many years, yeah. using it to numb out from my pain. It was starting to t- deteriorate my body, you know, and if you're not paying attention to these signs, eventually they escalate to a point where it's a DUI or it's an accident or it's a diagnosis, all of which happened to you right? or, or death is, you yeah. know, it's, if you don't get the message, eventually you're just going to get taken out. And that's where so, I was headed. That when I reached out yeah. to that friend who had moved out here to Colorado, I was suicidal. Like I had planned yeah. how many days it would be before someone found my body and was Whoa. planning how to kill myself. So it had gotten to that point. So yeah. Okay, so this is this is so important and so um, uh, beautiful for somebody else who might be in that situation. After the DUI, you've sort of regressed into your party, you go back to dancing. What was the next step for you? How, how did you develop enough self-awareness or enough courage to recognize, okay, this needs to stop, something needs to change? 
So it was a, a co-worker's Christmas party um, four years ago, right around this time. Um, and I got, I got drunk and I passed out and I peed the bed at her wow. Christmas party. I woke up in the morning <laughs> horrified, like so ashamed. And I'm sure that I have done plenty of other things in my drunken state that warranted shame. But that one was like, man, like I went to work Monday. I'm like, can I, I'm going to pay to have that cleaned. I was just like, Oh, mm. and she was like, it's okay. It's no big deal to me. It wasn't. I was like, man, something is wrong. Like yeah. I didn't know what to do. And it's just like this divine intervention with this old friend, you know, popping in on my messenger and just, we got on the phone just offering little tidbits and just, I didn't know then but I knew there was something there for me and I needed to step in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's interesting because I shared with you, I didn't know how I'd pay for it. I didn't know what it would look like. Yeah. And it was just, you know, trusting that deeper knowing. And as soon as I stepped in for myself and accepted the help that was showing up, mm -hmm. um, literally everything massively shifted in a very short time. So it was like, I was so worried, like, how am I going to pay for this thing? And I paid off that investment in just a couple months, like money started to come in. My health changed. I got off the medications. The nature of my relationships all changed. Um, literally every area started to like come into alignment. But it was just mm. like it was it was the coworkers' Christmas party, really. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And so much resonance with my story as well. Like I was in that same position. Finally decided like something needs to change. And as soon as you step into that power, as soon as you decide to invest in yourself, not only financially, but physically, mentally, spiritually, the universe now begins to support you and the people that you need to support you through that. And the same thing happened to me. I got an opportunity to go to Bali to a retreat that totally changed my life. I No way I could pay for it. I borrowed, begged, stole to, to just make the payment. And it's like, wow, as soon as you start to take steps in the direction of loving yourself and investing in yourself, the support arrives. And so I hired a coach and I've continued to work with coaches over the years. Like even becoming a coach myself, I still work with coaches. You know, it's such a powerful relationship because like you said earlier, there's so much about ourselves we can't see. And so much that we're programmed with, we're operating unconsciously. The coach, a, a good coach will hold up the mirror for you. And allow you to see your blind spots and ask you the deep questions and get you to shift your mindset and your perspective to something you couldn't even imagine on your own, right? And so it's not, and and there's a lot, there was a lot of shame or stigma or even around the word life coach. Like I hated that word. I'm like, who are these people that tell me how to live my life? Like, <laughs> fuck you, you know? And so, and there's a certain amount of ego in that. It's like, I don't need anybody's support and help, but it's, it's not about that. And I've shifted my mindset about coaching so deeply. It is so powerful when you find the right person and you resonate together and they can hold up that mirror from you for you. It's just transformational. But I think fundamental to that, and even before you talked about this sort of um, societal ladder that we're taught we need to, to, to climb, you know, go to school, get good grades, get a job, a husband and a career or whatever, you know, it's like, okay, I'm following. If I do this, I'm a good person. If I do this, I'm a good person in society, but it's supposed to lead to happiness and, and freedom eventually. But it's, it's like a carrot and a stick. It's like, you never get there. It's like, why do we never get there? And then that disconnection you talked about as well from our sort of inner being, our essence, our soul, our higher self, that's what causes. And this was true for me, causes that sort of disharmony within us. We're like, 
I'm following the rules, but I feel out of alignment. I don't, you know, I feel kind of icky. I'm, it's uncomfortable. It's painful. I'm just going to go out and get drunk because it's easy and yeah. my friends are doing it and I can have a laugh and I can forget about my shit for a while. But okay, that's a, you know, a short-term solution. But if you do that over time, which I did it for 30 years, you know, it eventually becomes an unsustainable solution. And so, you know, having the courage to, um, to take those first steps and invest in yourself are so challenging, but so important. So yeah, I just want to honor you again for like the work you've done and the transformation. Like when I met you about 18 months ago, I could tell you'd been on a journey. I could tell you were like on the other side and just finding your way. And it was so beautiful just to witness you in those few moments. So amazing. Thank you. Yeah. I love that you yeah. said that about the shame around like hiring a coach or hiring someone for yeah. support. And, you know, and then you spoke to like having ongoing support with coaching yourself. And that's something I will not do without like it's a part totally. of investment in myself for my expansion. And so I can serve 100%. others on a deeper level. But I remember sharing with my best friend at the time that I was talking to this friend about hiring her as a coach. And she's like, what? And we're both like, this is weird. I'm like, I don't know about mm. this. So I ended up hiring the coach and I didn't tell my best friend that I was doing this work and we were hanging out a couple months later. She's like, you have this radiance about you. There's this vibrancy in you that I have never seen. And I've been friends with you for like 20 years. I'm like, I hired her. She's like, what? And I'm like, yes. Yeah. So she's like, oh, okay, like that makes sense. But there was like so much shame. Like I couldn't tell my best friend because like I hired someone for help, but we cannot do this alone. Totally. You know, it's, it's the hardest work to look at our shit, but it's like the most rewarding and to have, you know, like loving mm. support through the process and someone to guide us through um, mm -hmm. just makes it just so much sweeter and easier, you know? Mm. I totally agree. And yeah, it's uh, the reason a lot of people don't do this work because it is scary. It is painful. Yeah. It is uncomfortable because you're going into those dark parts of your soul that you haven't wanted to look at before. But, you know, if if we don't uh, take the time and the effort to to look at those parts of us, they end up owning us. They end up controlling us because they're in our unconscious operating without our knowledge and they influence our thoughts, our behaviors, our actions, everything. And so unless we have take the time to look at our shit, um, they will continue to control us. But what most people, or not most people, but the the tendency is to look at it with guilt and shame and just want to push it away. And that's why you don't want to deal with it. It's like, oh, that's ugly and painful. And I don't like that part of myself. So I'm just going to distract myself with anything else, alcohol, drugs, mm -hmm. gambling, sex, work, whatever it is. But if we can shift the mindset, it's like, wait a minute, this is a part of me. And it's a part of me that was there for a reason, you know, usually to keep us safe when we're kids you know, and look at it with compassion and curiosity mm. and love. It's like, okay, I realize why that's there. It was, you know, my child, my inner child trying to keep me safe when I was younger. And that served me for a certain time. But now the question is, does it serve me now? Right. And those, and that's what coaching and this transformative work is for me. It's like, okay, let's look at, bring everything to surface into our conscious awareness and ask the question, is this part of me serving me? And if it isn't, let's replace it with something more empowering, a different mindset, a different perspective. And that's how you change yourself from the inside out. Beautiful. Yeah, I've noticed that myself, I, I dubbed myself the other week, like I, I do believe I've become a shadow stalker. I'm like, all right, it, like <laughs> this isn't working. This doesn't feel good. This doesn't feel aligned. Let's dig in. Like now I'm just like, yeah. to me, it's just as juicy and just as delicious and like, oh, I just want to dig my teeth into it as much as like 
the joy and the laughter and the, you know, the fun parts of it yeah. because it just uncovers more layers that we, for us to access more of that fun and that joy and that freedom 100%. to touch into yes. this and just like more space to open our hearts up and have more compassion. It's just like, Oh, I mm. must've been really hurting when I did that, you know, and just yeah. to be able to look back at it and um, yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm like, I, let's dig head in, dive head into this. <laughs> right? Yeah, me too. And now it's like when I feel triggered or some unconscious reactive behavior comes up, I'm like, oh shit, look at that. There's another thing I can unpack. And like you said, it's it can be fun. It can be enjoyable. It can be um, rewarding because like you said, if you peel back that layer and you uncover why it was there in the first place and you honor it and love it for what it is, then it it releases and uh, and and creates space for something new and beautiful to enter which is the path to freedom. Yes. And so the more we can do this, peel away the layers of bullshit that we've been, you know, covering up our essence, our higher self mm. all this time, we just continue to expand. And that's, you know, once you get on that path, rather than the path of going deeper into the darkness, then, you know, life becomes beautiful and magical and expansive. And you don't feel the need to numb out with alcohol or drugs or distractions because it's like, why would I want to dull this beautiful magic? And it, and it doesn't mean that life isn't challenging right. or life isn't hard or, you know, there aren't points where you, you are, um, run down. It's, it means you can approach those again with love and curiosity and surrender into them and allow them to be there and learn from those moments in order for you to grow even higher. Absolutely. That That's what, like, to me, like not like before I used to, and I like cringe even saying this, but I used to say, man, the universe hates me. I felt like everything was working against me and I was just such a victim to everything. And we start yeah. to take this like radical responsibility for everything in our life. Even when oh. you said when like something triggers me, instead of being like, you triggered me like, oh, wait, that's mine. What is totally. this I need Owned. to look at? And this is like this yeah. ownership. And we have this like high trigger society where, you know, where everyone's like. Pointing the finger. Yeah. And it's like, it's ours. It's our shit to look at. It's our shit to love. And, 100%. you know, and it's it's, you know, we have like a lot of the, the, the self-help mindset. We're like, I have to fix this. I'm broken. Yeah. And I love what you said about, you know, it's really coming back to our essence. It's about peeling back these layers of like protection that we've put around our heart and around, you know, keeping us disconnected from self and others. It's mm -hmm. just peeling back those pieces lovingly and just coming back to like the fullness, the essence of like the beauty of who we are underneath mm. all of life that happens. Totally. Totally. And I think it's worth mentioning that, you know, when we talk about addiction or our pharmaceuticals or when mm -hmm. doctors prescribe you, there's this feeling and, and a lot of my clients that I work with around sobriety, uh, they feel like they don't belong in this world. That's so common amongst people who are depressed or suicidal or addicts. Yeah. They feel like they don't belong in this world. And it's not that they don't belong. It's that it's that they, like when we're born, we have this, this innocent, we're innocent light beings. Mm -hmm. And it's the society that we're born into that sort of covers that up and dulls it and uh, injects us with this darkness or this conditioning. And so we feel when we're trying to be a, a good person in society, we feel a disconnection between what that means and what our truest essence means. And so that, that disharmony causes so much pain and turmoil within us. We just want to get rid of it. But it's we when we think it's us, we think that it's us that's out of alignment. When really it's the the society that we're born into that's out of alignment. You know that shit is crazy out there. So what you said at the beginning about going inward and getting in tune with what you feel um, with your highest essence and your your highest self on the inside, getting in alignment with that first, and then operating from that place into the world 
that you become so much more in tune, so much more um, less reactive to things that are happening outside of you because you're in alignment first. Does that make sense? Thousand percent, you know, and I'll tell you like, (laughs) that's why I say like cancer was one of the greatest gifts I was given because really like when I can look at where it showed up and all the pieces, you know, the elements of it, it was just pointing, pointing me to where I needed to heal. So all these messages that we get through our body, the anxiety, the depression, cancer, whatever it may be, it's just, it's just messages. It's just telling Mm. us what's out of alignment. And that's why I'm so grateful for this path that I've been on because it's brought me to my body. And I Mm. feel like there's a lot of people that have a a really deep cerebral knowledge and knowing of, you know, spirituality and these concepts, but for Mm. us to be deeply connected to our bodies is to be able to have direct access to these messages they come from and to create this sense of safety, this, like these people that don't feel like they have a place coming Mm -hmm. back home to our bodies, to ourselves, feeling our full, the fullness of ourselves through this beautiful vessel that we've been given. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's like my work has all been directed towards the body and it's like, of course, with this path, but you know, for us to be sustainable moving forward, because there's going to be some, some wild waves coming our way these next few years with these massive changes, we really have to be grounded in who we are and who are in in our center. And it starts with Mm -hmm. connecting with our bodies because up here Mm. is so brutal. Yeah. Yeah. And, and being bombarded with narratives and, you know, uh, messages and propaganda constantly like social media, mainstream media, it's constant. We're constantly getting bombarded. And so if we're living in our minds, it's going to drive us crazy. And, you know, it just polarizes into these, these corners where we, we think we know what's going on and then everybody else is wrong. And so we, there's so much conflict externally. And like you said, coming back to your body, coming back to who you are and grounding into that is so important, especially during these um, chaotic times. So amazing work that you're doing. Really appreciate and honor you for that. Hey, are you feeling lost, anxious, frustrated by the state of the world? I get it. The world is a pretty messed up place right now. Maybe you're even distracting yourself from the pain with things like alcohol, social media, Netflix, gambling, shopping. I know. I did it for years. This is why I've made it my mission to support brave souls just like you in taking back creative control of your life, finding a deeper sense of purpose, and building a solid foundation of certainty even in such uncertain times. This is exactly why I have created the Fuck Yes Club, a six-week online journey for badasses who are ready to supercharge their powers of manifestation as the conscious creators of their own reality. This program is for people who are tired of living in uncertainty and fear, sick of living up to somebody else's standards, fed up with not fulfilling their highest potential, This is for the people who are ready to tap into their infinite well of creative power and start creating the life they have always wanted. We are in the midst of a massive transition. Great change is upon us and we're being called to grow and evolve in ways that we may have been avoiding. Is it your time? Are you ready? There are only two answers here, people. No and fuck yes. If you are in the fuck yes category, then immediately go to www.thefuckyesclub.com right now for more information and to secure your spot. Now, back to the show. Woo! 
how would you describe your current relationship with yourself and how has it changed over time? Hmm. Right now. Hmm. I would say like what and feels see, I, alive right now. <laughs> and I was yeah, just what you did right there is close your eyes and feel into your body. Like how many people would actually do that? They just say what's on the top of their mind. Well, you know, I'm, I'm cool. It's fine. Whatever. But you, you closed your eyes and you actually felt it for a second. Like that's a technique. That's a practice yeah. that I, you, I'm witnessing you do. It's beautiful. Where I'm at right now, I honestly, these last six months, like I'll tell you what happened back in May. There was another big incident. Okay. Um, but um, these last six months, I've just been dropped into this space of just like total surrender. Um, letting go, letting go of how I think things should look or the way I want things to be and just really dropping into this really beautiful flow of like what spirit has for me. And it's like, and that's why my body has been so key because that's where we can feel like these holding, like all these holding patterns and these resistance that we've created to what is, it's really being in the space of just what is and not having resistance and not fighting it and feeling into my body, noticing where I'm holding to this resistance and moving into it. And, um, you know, when quarantine started, you know, like a lot of my work is in person, hands on, I do, I do probably half my work remotely, half in person. And I felt the loss of that. And I felt that disconnect from people. And I just was like, okay, I don't know what this is going to look like, but there's only so much I can do. There was a part of me still scrambling and trying to get, you know, my calendar filled and trying to do all the things. And the end of May, I um, had done this weekend immersion with a shaman that had come in town. We just did some deep energetic work. And I woke up that next Monday and I could feel that my body was kind of off and I wasn't really like totally integrated back in and went to go let my dog out. And I was going to let her in and I felt kind of queasy and lightheaded. And I laid down on the floor for a minute. I was like, well, I need to get up and let her back in. And next thing I know, I wake up face forward on concrete in front of my house, in front of my place. I wake up to broken teeth and blood. And I basically passed out face forward and like landed on my face. Oh. So, and knowing how things show up and how things work, you know, we're talking about these challenging times and, you know, like life isn't always easy. I'm laying there on the, on the ground and knowing that my body needs to finish this whole trauma release. I just laid there and let my body shake go through it. I was crying and I was laying there and I just said, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because I knew from all my past experiences, I finally learned that like whatever is happening is showing up for us. If we choose Mm -hmm. to use it as such, it's all opportunity. And then a step beyond opportunity, it's a gift if we open up to it. So I'm laying there with, with broken teeth and this pile of blood, chin busted open. I'm like, I don't know what this is. And it's, I was scared just like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And so for a few weeks, I was just going and getting body work done, just getting my my face back into order. I couldn't really talk. I couldn't eat. I was in a lot of pain. And so I'd get, my, get the work done. I'd come home, sleep, and just journal. And knowing what I know and working with a body that we hold so much, we hold so many of our memories, our trauma, those big traumas, the little traumas, um, Mm -hmm. ancestral stuff, um, deep ancient wounds in our body and that the jaw holds a lot. And I'm like, this didn't just happen. (laughs) And so for me, it became a journey of unraveling all these pieces that came out around like all the times I hadn't used my voice or spoken my truth or expressed myself. 
you know, was in my fullest expression. And so opportunities started to come up for me to do these things. And as I did that, my body was like starting to heal, you know, and get into alignment. And not only did it do that, but because I couldn't really work, I couldn't talk. I was at a standstill and I'm like, spirit, I don't know, like, like money coming in. What is this going to look like? I can't work. And just like, there's literally nothing I can do, but take care of myself do what I need, do what I need to do to give my body the best conditions to heal. And I just completely let go. And I thought I had surrendered a lot at the beginning of quarantine. Oh, this was like a whole nother level. And I feel like it just dropped me into this current and I just let my, you know, let, let like literally open my body up. I'm just like, I surrender. And since then my life has just radically shifted. And it, it, it required some really difficult conversations, letting some people go out of my life and really opening myself up to a whole new direction with my path even. And so I had this awareness a few months ago, like I was holding my face, this like part of my jaw and I just started crying. And I'm like, this was a portal. Like this was such a gift because it opened up so many layers of healing that I didn't even know were were available and in letting go of some of the people and teachers in my life at that time opened the door for this like greater expansion and path. So it, you know, really it led me to start working with, um, well doing some deeper tantric work and start working with plant medicine. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's been really beautiful to watch all of this come full circle because I was abusing drugs, numbing out and to be able to come back around and use the sacred medicine that the earth mm. has given us through plants and animals and use this in a really sacred way and in honor and reverence of this gift and being so intentional with it and using it as a tool um, has been so incredibly healing. And, you know, I knew, you know, we have these, these inklings, these knowings, and I had the knowing like a year or two ago that this was part of my path, but I still had judgment around it because some of my own addressed judgment with my past mm-hmm. and, um, and letting go of some of these, the people in my life, like in their judgment around it, it opened up the mm-hmm. door for me to step into this, this piece of my path in addition to what I'm doing. And it's all expanding and merging into this really interesting thing right now. Mm, amazing. Oh my God. That's so awesome. So I, I love how, um, you spoke about how, uh, life is happening for us, not to us. And even in our darkest moments, be it a DUI or face down in a pool of blood with broken teeth. If you can, if you can look at those moments, okay, this is a lesson. This is an opportunity. This is happening for me. It's a, it's a sign that I'm out of alignment somewhere. Right. Rather than dropping into that victim energy, why is this happening to me? Look at what happened again. I'm not worthy, yeah. you know, and go down that road. You can start to listen to the smaller signals before it gets to the big signals, right? Ideally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ideally. But it doesn't happen for everybody. Most of us, you know, need the slap in the face. Mm-hmm. I had another guest who calls it a, a cosmic brick. Yep. <laughs> you get hit in the head with cosmic bricks until one knocks you out and you can't ignore it anymore. Right. And so, um, paying attention and and that comes back to listening to your body like really paying attention what yeah. is your body your body holds so much wisdom and trauma you know and so listening to your body what does it need so powerful um incredible so you mentioned plant medicine i'd love to go a little deeper yeah. on that because um 
I've had great experiences with plant medicine. Can you just, for maybe some people who aren't familiar with it, describe what it is and maybe what kind of plant medicine you experienced with? Yeah, I'll share what, what first opened up for me was one of my Tantra clients had mentioned to me over the summer that he was starting to work with Combo. And okay. I never knew what Combo was until I moved here to Colorado. And it didn't really call to me, but when we started talking about it, it was like, my body was like, we need to do this. Like we need this. And I was thinking, because it's not like a lot of people think like plant medicines, it's like psychedelics, you know, you're like, Mm -hmm. you know, feeling this like direct connection with spirit in this like really beautiful way. And combo is not an easy medicine. It's, it's the jungles vaccine. Basically it's like forces Mm -hmm. your body into like a hard, a hard detox. And for me, Mm -hmm. knowing what I had put my body through for so many years, with the, the drugs and the, the drinking and the, the cancer treatment, I was like, my blood could use some cleaning up. You know, I could use a little extra, you know? So I, you know, I sat with this medicine the first time and it wasn't easy and um, kind of pulls you into this like warrior spirit. And I've been in this deep surrendered place. I'm like, I don't want to be in this place, but it was like a whole different level. And, you know, I, I sat with it a couple t- three times over three weeks and I sat with it more for like the physiological aspect, just to, you know, kind of clean up everything. And what I feel that that medicine did was it literally cleared this like field, this like clear this sludge from like my energetic field and just started to give me this clarity that I, I, I didn't know I was missing until I had it. Mm. And, um, it deepened my connection with my body and just more like more energetically sensitive and just open to spirit. And it was not why I went into it. And then from there, it led me into doing some work with um, hydocilocybin journeys. So I've been doing um, quite a bit of that journey, like heroic doses. Um, I mean, when I jump into something, I tend to just go like all the way in. So let's jump in. So it's, (laughs) and you know, in that work, it, um, some of that initial work, in the in that um, journey, in those journeys, was me peeling back a lot of this conditioning, this programming, the taboo about working with this medicine and being part of my path because I grew up evangelical Baptist. You know, my family is still very in the church, you know, and they don't really understand my path. And and you know, in past lifetimes of being killed for you know bringing forth my medicine, you know whatever that is, mm-hmm. and so literally pulling this out of my being, this like deep embedded conditioning and fear of stepping in, and just like letting spirit just be like just surrendering over and over yes. in these journeys, and you know peeling back those layers, and then in the in the the third one, it became very clear like this is my path, and I got called to go to Peru. So this is like in the making now, um, I, I got up the next morning from that journey and went and turned in my passport renewal, expedited renewal thing. And literally as soon as that comes back, um, I'm headed down to Peru to sit in the jungle to learn to, so I can start sharing combo because I realized wow. in, in any journey and I have, and there's other medicines showing up on my path, um, five MEO, um, has created a radical change in the last two weeks of my life like unbelievable wow. physiological changes. Um, but going, knowing that I'm going down to Peru to learn combo. And I think it's really needed right now too, because it can actually kill COVID. Like there's something that we have here from mm-hmm. the earth that can heal, that can heal actually heal so much. And so it feels really pertinent for me to bring that back soon. 
Um, and mm. this is not something I ever, ever would have guessed that like stepping into this path is like a medicine woman would be for me or, you know, but it's like that surrendering to spirit. Like this is what's showing up, feeling that resonance in my body um, and just watching all these pieces come into place. So it feels really um, aligned to me to start sharing combo because the clearing that it creates for the other medicines after you, like whatever medicines you choose to work with after that really clears mm. it, op- clears it out for you to go in really deep. Um, mm. So yeah, this is like what's been showing up for me, like literally in the last two months. So wow. <laughs> that is amazing. I love it. What a beautiful journey, a beautiful calling and you being open to it and, um, and following that path. It takes a certain um, amount of trust and courage. So I honor you for that as well, especially when, you know, you're coming up against a resistance in, from your family or your church or your community where they're like, what the hell are you doing? You're like, you've gone crazy, you know? And so cultivating that deep sense of self-trust to, to, um, follow your path and have the courage to take those leaps of faith, um, towards your, your highest and best timeline is, is really encouraging and it's challenging, yeah. frankly, and especially in this world. So amazing work you're doing. Um, just to, to back up combo for anybody who doesn't know, it's basically uh, a poison that's extracted from a frog. And when you, um, put it into your body, it causes like a severe immune reaction, where your immune system goes into overdrive and it basically clears out all the toxins and, and clear, cleans out your blood. Is that correct? Yeah, it's um, extracted from a, a frog in the Amazon and you put right. on points on your skin. I've got little, I got my like proud combo marks on my arm. You put these points on your skin and it forces your body into a heavy detox. It's like lymphatic, right. um, cleans out your guts. Like you'll, you'll purge out like candida, metabolic waste. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, it just like flushes your whole body and it's, it's not super comfortable by any means, but it's like potent and powerful. It's not a long time, but like within a half hour afterwards, you feel this clarity, this like, this clean, like your insides are just clean. You just feel, and just so open and receptive. So, Mm. um, I love what you said about a clarity that you didn't even know was possible. Yeah, you know, like how, it's like you don't how know how fuzzy more? it is until it's cleared away, or it's like you don't know the right. weight of everything you've been carrying until you drop the bags, and you're like, oh, oh wow, beautiful. <laughs> I I had I had another guest on the show who described it as like if you if this is your your highest self, your soul's essence, and this is your world, in between it is this glass, your lens, uh, and the work that we're doing, this personal transformation work is cleaning that lens, all the bugs and the mud and the gook that's on there that is, that is uh, covering up our truest essence. Right. And we don't even know it's there until, like you said, you start clearing it away. It's like, holy shit, I feel so much clearer and, um, and clean. And this clarity is just profound. And then you just want to keep cleaning it. Right. It's like, wow. I like, what else is there? What else can I experience? Right. And then it becomes like, wow, this is fun. This work. Wow. Amazing. Um, yeah, great. So I wanted, I wanted to ask you like on a more practical level, if there's people who maybe are not ready for plant medicine and are looking to make a change, what are the, some of the the practices and techniques that you use maybe in your daily life to, you know, stay grounded, healthy and connected and creative? I'll say like two, like really foundational, but really simple ways to really get everything like your body, mind, spirit into alignment is First of all, gut health, because mm. there's whole other layers of consciousness available to us 
and wisdom available in the gut. And that's why they even spoke thousands of years ago, like Hippocrates. And I, I've spent um, time studying Ayurveda and I, I live in an Ayurvedic way with the way I eat because they knew back then what science is showing that like, so like so many of the, our functions, like with our immunity, energy, mood, um, are mm. all connected in the gut. It's not what's happening up here. And we're, we're throwing medication for these chemical imbalances in the brain. We get the mm. gut clear. Like that's where our intuition sits. That's where these messages totally. come through, trusting that part. So healthy gut is like so critical. And that's one of the things I started with. Um, and that's, and that's actually come through for me on some of my journey, journeying, like how important this is. So that and the second one, it's all has to do with the belly is a soft, relaxed belly. Mm. If we can just sit and just take a moment and just breathe in through your nose and just breathe into the inside of your belly and just let it fill, just let it soften and relax and just exhale with a smile. That's like my biggest, simplest tool breathing into the inside of your belly and just let it soften and go. We live in a society where everyone's like, tighten up your core, suck it in, you know, whatever. There's, this is where, like I was speaking to, this is where our wisdom, our intuition, like our knowing lies. We're closing off so many parts of ourselves in that process. So like, let the belly go. Mm. And once we let the inside of the belly relax and soften, like the whole rest of the body follows suit. Mm. And totally i can feel it just when you guided me through that breath i just told felt my whole body relax like that was amazing the, letting that tender underside inside of the belly just soften that's why i would say like i feel like buddha was always so happy he had that big round belly he didn't have abs like let it go <laughs> so i teach this uh movement practice and it's really the practice that brought me to my body it's called bowspring and it's beautiful uh yogic practice but it's a postural alignment system where i teach people how to like literally walk sit and stand so you can be just wow. present in your body all the time but one of the sayings that we have in this practice are long bellies have more fun because you just let go of all that holding all that tension it's just like ugh, none of it matters yeah so just softening the belly and getting gut health together like the two like simplest components to start with Yes. Oh, those are so relevant for me. Like I said, you know, years of alcohol abuse eroded the lining of my stomach. So gut health has been a big topic for me over the last couple of years and it's still not fully healed. Um, and then I like, I, I love coffee. And so mm. dumping acid on top of this, like, oh my God. So I've finally cut out coffee and getting, um, I'm using probiotics that are amazing. And so, like you said, I notice when I'm, my gut is not, uh, healthy my mood is lower, my clarity is lower, my focus, I'm irritable, you know, I don't have as much creativity. Right. And then when I shift and I start paying attention to my gut and I really am nurturing it and getting the, the balance of probiotics in there, it's like game changer. Way more en enhanced mood, lots of focus. I'm not tired in the afternoon. Yeah. Like it's a big deal. It's like everything happens from your gut literally it's connected to your your neurochemicals as well like serotonin is is created in the in the gut like as well 85 as as of it crazy right yeah, so. so why are we not paying attention to that we're just sticking pharmaceuticals in our brain which also which also um really hurt, hurt your gut. yeah the ssris and yeah. all that destroy your gut health so it's like totally wow amazing
Wow, Johanna, this has been so awesome. I'm so appreciative of you coming on. Maybe, um, do you have any like books or, or podcasts or anything you've listened to or, or read recently that you could recommend for uh, our listeners? What am I reading right now? I'm reading um, Psychedelic Mysteries of the Feminine. <laughs> Ooh, wow, that sounds good. And I'm actually, and I'm reading this book uh, called If Women Rose Rooted. And it's really just about this, the our, like our connection to like the earth innately that we've been so disconnected from with the way our society is and the wisdom and the gifts and the medicine that's available through the earth. Um, and just really connecting with the soul of the earth and our resonance. Cool. And, uh, what else? I'm doing a lot of work with like the deep feminine right now, this really deep divine awesome. feminine work. Um, and from a, a tantric perspective too, but, um, what is the other one? And honestly, I have like six books over here kind of piled up. So I kind of just dig in. I, you know what I'm really loving right now too, is taking the Radiance Sutras, taking those and just like sitting outside by some water and reading those and just like softening my belly and just feeling into that really beautiful flow of like what's available and what's, what's around us all the time. If we just slow down and tune in. Oh my God. I love that. I love that. Okay. One final question for you. If you took all of your experience, all the wisdom gained, and distilled it into one message, like one sentence, what would it be? Hmm. Ooh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> sounds like it should be simple. It sounds like it should be hmm. simple. Trust yourself. Hmm. You know. You know down in your deepest parts of your belly, you know. Trust yourself. There you go. It is that simple. <laughs> Beautiful. Johanna Conant, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much, Patrick. It was such an honor to sit and share with you. Beautiful. Uh, do you want to let people know where they can find you online? Sure. Yeah. You can find me at johannaconant.com and find me on Facebook. Like I love new friends. Add me on. Um, I'm always really just sharing like really openly what's happening in my life, what's coming up, just giving you like a reflection of how I live. Um, and yeah, so find me on Facebook, Johanna Conant, same spelling. Um, and I'll put those in the show notes so people can find you. Yes, please. Thank you. Yeah, shoot me a line and let me know. You know, if you're connecting with me through this show, let me know. I'd love to, you know, drop in and have a little chat with you. Amazing. Johanna, thank you so much again for your time. Have a fabulous day. Likewise. Thank you, Patrick. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. And if you enjoyed the show, please do subscribe, rate, and review. For more information and show notes, head on over to being-podcast.com. We'll see you next time. And remember, live your being.